0: We're going to open his word together. We're going to take communion together. We're going to pray together as a family. And then we're going to end by responding through musical worship. These prayers that we get to sing together in unison. These are the four sacred practices that we have as believers. And doing those four things, we're going to accomplish the, the fifth thing, which is the gathering together of the body of Christ. So that's, that's kind of my goal. The, the vision casting, uh, you guys being at the first service, um, I'm probably going to have to repeat this a bunch and cast this vision. It's going to be a lot of setting a culture for this service, but I want the hallmark of this service obviously is Christ, but I want what is the characteristic of this culture that we set is it is impossible for somebody to wander in, sit through a service and wander out and never be drawn into the family engaging. Cause I truly believe um, they just don't know what they're missing. They don't know the the blessing that it is to be engaged in the body of Christ where it's beyond just meeting in this room once a week, but it's actually doing life with each other. I, uh, a lot of you know the past few years that I've had with my family, with my wife's sickness, with my dad's passing, and I don't know where I'd be without this family here. And I want to, people who are on the fringe are Going through the same struggles that I went through, and I want to connect them to the body of Christ, where there's encouragement, where there's healing, where there's hope, where there's a a brother or sister to lean on in times of trial. And so, with you guys being the, I think the obvious leader since you're showing up in the first night on Super Bowl, so some major hurdles uh, that you guys are going to be the leaders. So tonight, uh, I'm going to get in this message because we have a lot to cover, but. Our Sunday nights. This this may be a message that I have to repeat multiple times because, again, I was saying I think the prayer time in this service is going to be the one that we need to work at. Um, I think as a body of believers, we are. I have buddies here from Living Oaks, and if you go to any church, what are you used? You're used to going into a building and sitting and hearing a message. So I think this part, besides me being prepared and having a message, this part will actually be really easy to digest for people. Uh, getting them to come here and, and sit through messages, that's not hard. And even worship, I don't think we engage fully or fully understand what worship is, but I think we music is normal at a Sunday gathering, and so that won't be very out of place. So I think we'll engage in worship. I think what, uh, as I view it from Sunday mornings when we spend maybe five minutes in prayer together, prayer is really scary for some people. And This is going to be a message on prayer as it's laid out by Jesus talking to his disciples. But it's something that we're going to have to walk through together um, as people are going to come in. And I'm just telling you guys, and you all know, people are going to come in and be terrified of time, intentional time of praying. And they're going to feel awkward, and they're going to be scared to pray. And my goal and our goal shouldn't be to to bear down on them and you have to pray. I'm going to make you pray, but to lovingly walk them through that their father in heaven, their loving father just wants to hear from them, just wants to communicate with them. And so tonight we're going to, we're going to open up with prayer probably uh, five years ago, I think it was. So my very first sermon, I'm going to pick on my wife. It's a terrible start. But five years ago, I think it was anyway, my wife and I bought a car in Seamy. Um, and she was just excited to get a car. And I would say three years later, uh, we're driving in that car. It's her car. So we've been driving for a while and I reach up and up on the dash, uh, there's just a button and there's a like big old glove box compartment up on the dash part. And so Katie's in the passenger seat and I reach up and I, I hit that button and the compartment opens up and she goes, what? What? And she's like, well, how, that's been there? And I was like, yeah, that's been there the whole time. <laughs> she's like, I never knew that. <laughs> she's done the same thing. This one actually cracked me up more is uh, she didn't... <laughs> And it was hidden, but you know how every faucet underneath the faucet, there was this rubber, the rubber button that makes it from a normal faucet to the sprayer. Well, because it wasn't on top, she just always assumed it wasn't there. And so she never grabbed the faucet. And the same thing, she, I was in the kitchen doing dishes and I turned that on and she stopped. She's like, it does that. Like, yeah, it does. So I, my wife's awesome. I'm not picking on her, but I wanted to, all that to say, I think as believers, we, we are saved. We're justified being sanctified. But like my wife with the, the car, we don't really take the time to take apart the owner's manual. And so we just kind of assume and go through things. And I think prayer is one of those things like the glove box. I think the hidden glove box that we, for some people it's it's really easy and we've looked through it and we've seen prayer in scripture. We look at the Psalms for direction on how we pray. We look at the Lord's prayer, which we're going to do tonight for a structure on, on approaching our father. But I think a lot of people, we haven't just really looked at how it is that we're supposed to pray. And it's not that we don't have our salvation. Like my wife still had, it was still her car, but the more we study prayer, the more we're in the word being drenched in the word, the more our prayers are lining up with the will of the father. Therefore, our prayers are being more in line with His will, we're praying His will, and we're we're praying better prayers, uh, so to speak. So it's it behooves us; it, it's beneficial for us to go into Scripture, to dive into Scripture, and really study prayer. It's like our owner's manual to see uh, how this vehicle, this gift that we've been given, that we can converse with the Maker of the universe. How how Christ Himself speaking to His Father in Heaven, how He's shown us how we are to pray. So we're going we're gonna to go through Matthew 6. If you want to open up to Matthew 6, it's the model for prayer that Jesus was giving his disciples. If you need a Bible, Kelly, you're awesome. And James, you're awesome. You guys should get married. Oh, you are married. <laughs> Ask James or Kelly. They got a Bible right there for you. So to give you a background, well, let me do this. As I'm talking about prayer, will you guys pray with me? Before I get into this? Father in heaven, uh, we glorify you, and we magnify you, and we lift you up. And I am humbled that right now, the Maker of the universe, the One who holds the universe in the span of His hand, is is listening to me in Newbury Park in this building, talking to you. And not only are you listening, but what I say matters to you, Lord. That's that's incredible. Father, ask today that Jesus would be the center that all eyes would look to Him, that He would be the hero in everything that I say, that Your Word would be the foundation of everything that I say. And Holy Spirit, I ask that You would live through me actively right now, that You would speak through me, that You would use my life, whether it's the foolish things I say or, Lord, the wise things I say. I ask that You would use my life to bring You glory, to bring You honor and direct eyes towards You. Lord, help us as we walk out our faith, as we put action to our faith as a family, as we build this evening, Lord, as we build a service, as we build a family and a community of people who pursue you and 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 talk to you. Lord, all for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Right on. Okay. So the, the background to Matthew six is right before in Matthew five, it's the sermon on the Mount. So it's, it's all the, the beatitudes. Jesus is telling this to his disciples. It's a, it's the one where he's also saying, um, if you teach these things and you, you live out these things, great are you in the kingdom of heaven. It's also Matthew five is where he's saying, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your, if your hand causes you to, causes you to sin, cut it off. It's also further down in five where he says, if, if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other cheek to him, or if someone sues you for your cloak to give him your, your jacket too, or if someone asks you to go a mile with him, go the extra mile. So you see in Matthew five, he's, he's kind of laying out. These are the, this is what it looks like in the life of the believer who's living guided by the spirit and the, the believer who's died to themselves and is allowing Christ to live through them. And then as we go into Matthew six, you can see How he then starts to address, now, here's your motives. Because as you go through, say, plucking out your eye, cutting off your hand, or whoever does this and teaches these things will be great in the kingdom of heaven. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek, or go the extra mile with someone. Or if someone asks something of you, give them even more than that. You can see how then us being little idol factories, we can turn these into things that just bring us glory. Look at me, how I'm turning the other cheek or going the extra mile with someone and, and letting them know every step of the way of that extra mile, what you're doing for them, that, that they should be looking to you, that look how you're serving them. Look how Christ like you are, look how I'm sacrificially giving. And, and we then take these things that Christ has given us that this is, This is the gift that I've given you that that I will live through you. And we've taken those things and then turned the light back on ourselves. And we're saying, look at how I live. I'm so Christ-like. And he's saying, don't do that because you've lost the whole point of what I'm telling you. And so he goes into Matthew 6 where he's breaking down our motives. What should our motives be? That's right. So uh, I'm going to copy Rob just because he's my pastor, I'm learning from. So you got, will you guys stand with me as I read through Matthew 6? Matthew 6, 1 through 13. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do charitable deeds, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in synagogues and in the streets. That they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do charitable deeds, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, that your charitable deeds may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret himself rewards you openly. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words, therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. in this manner, therefore pray, and this is what we would refer to as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys can have a seat. So Jesus has just told them, this is how you live. And now he's telling them, hey, I don't want you to broadcast this, this living, this way of, that I've shown you a life of a believer will look like to an outside world. He's saying, I don't want you to broadcast this. I don't want you to, to be sending this out so that you're bringing yourself glory. So we go to uh, verse five and we're just going to unpack this. And when you pray, sh- you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen, my men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who sees in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward openly. Some of your verses, just a side note, some of them might not have openly, so don't get thrown off. I don't know what versions you're reading. Um, But either way, the fact still remains. So it was the ancient practice um, back then to stand, when you were praying. So then Jesus is saying, he, he sees them that they're standing, and then the two places that He addresses are the synagogues and the corners, and this represents the cultural hubs of that day. So you can imagine these guys who want to express their religiosity, express how they are above. Everyone else that their spirituality is above everyone else that they 're they're, they're closer to to Christ than everyone else, you imagine then that picture of standing and and calling attention to themselves, standing and, and crying out to God and and maybe from an outsider perspective, it does look very moving and, and very holy, but the heart condition is is completely off. the heart condition is totally inward focused, looking at itself trying to draw the praise and the the attention of men. that's what he's saying. Don't don't stand in the synagogues. Don't stand on the street corners praying. And then he gives the contrast to that. And he says, go in your room and pray in secret. Shut the door and go pray. Now, this doesn't mean, I don't want us to get confused now because we're going to go into a time later this evening of praying together. And that doesn't mean that the Lord is is ending and doesn't want us to to pray in public and doesn't want us to to pray together. Before this, he's saying, "Don't let when when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left is doing." He's not saying that if you're going to put uh, an offering or a tithe in the agape boxes we have in the back, or you're going to bless someone, to literally be hiding your your hand from each other. We we can agree that what he's saying here is the motive of the heart. That this is something that. Don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. Don't, this should be something that is between you and the Lord and your motive needs to be, Lord, I want to glorify you. You've blessed me in a way and Lord, I just want to bring you glory. And so I'm going to get out of the way as much as possible just to give you glory. So it's that same context as we're reading this, though Jesus a lot of times secluded himself to pray. So we can and should seclude ourselves in prayer. Uh, We see also a lot of times disciples, believers getting together and praying together. So we should do that as well. So I want to make sure that we know that when he says, go into your quiet place, what he's trying to do is get us to a heart condition, get us to a place where we're not praying for other people to hear us. Have you guys been in those conversations or, I mean... I probably need to be honest. I've probably done this myself. or in those conversations where maybe you're talking to somebody else and they're talking, you can tell they're talking to you, but you can tell they're talking really loud because there's somebody else. They want to hear what they're saying. They're, they're trying to brag on something like that, or you've done it yourself. I probably have done that. So that's what, that's what he's saying. I, I want to talk to you. You need to talk to your father, but don't be talking in a way that you're drawing the attention and drawing the praises of, of men and women around you. Speak so that your father hears you. Um He's not banning corporate prayer, but he's encouraging us to to check our own hearts as we do it. And verse 7 says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will they will be heard with their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him in this manner, therefore pray. God doesn't hear us by our amount of words. Uh it's really common in my prayer that you guys will probably hear it as I pray. This has been just a theme. It I've really been thinking through and it really blows my mind that the maker of the universe is listening to me. is that crazy? That the maker of the universe, I'll cover this in a minute, that the maker of the universe not only hears me and has sacrificed his son that I can talk to him, but he even pulls himself closer and he lets me call him father and he tells me to call him father. It's amazing what a a good and gracious God we have. So we don't have to we don't have to impress him. We don't have to use complicated doctrine or complicated words or babble and use words over and over and over again to get his attention. He's your father. He loves you. My, I just, last night I got home late. I've been working on, we're trying to move into Newberry Park and working on the house. And I got home late and the kids were in bed and uh, we're, we're staying at the Snow's house. They've, they've been gracious enough to put us up. And so I, uh, I lay in bed. I think both the kids are asleep. And then I just hear Everly go, Daddy, I got a new Minnie Mouse and it was like she had me at daddy i was out of the bed in her bed on the floor with her and just tell me about your day just that's the heart and i'm a sinful broken earthly father that's the heart of the father who's far beyond any father i'll ever dream to be and just simply daddy i hear daddy and i'm off that bed and i am i'm down in her world and babbling, we're talking about, I took her up to the YMCA. So she's talking about how the church needs chairs. And so I had to tell her why we can't put chairs in a swimming pool and, and that whole deal. But I'm living in that world because I love her. And that's the love that our father has for, her, for, for us, the love that greater than the love that I have for her. But also I want to encourage you guys. And this is something that we'll have to encourage people as they come in that probably are really nervous with prayer. We just babble because We're nervous. So I, I also don't want you to be nervous about that. I remember Nate will remember this. My uh I when I was working at Living Oaks uh the junior high pastor Josiah. He's an awesome guy. So don't get the wrong idea about this story, but I had my first Living Oaks the staff gets together and prays and so I had my uh as like Nate like Here's the prayer request. Just pray for him. I was like, all right. Like, what does the format look like? And so I just prayed and I must've been super nervous because I didn't realize it, but I finished and Josiah taps me with the shoulder and I was like, what? And he has a tally sheet with a pen and he marked down every time I said, father, God, like father, God, thank you. Father God for this day, father, God. And he was like, he, he hits and he's like, it's like 47. <laughs> And I was like, I laughed it off and it's hilarious now, but at the time I was mortified. I was so, I was like, and I probably, here's the funny thing. Here's how he helped me. I don't know if I ever said father God again. I think, I think the next time I prayed in staff meeting, I was like, I will not say father God. I will not. I'll say it once. I'll say it at the very beginning. I won't repeat it, but also don't be nervous. And this verse isn't talking about you. God is also like I, the reference I was saying to me and my daughter Everly. Don't take this verse, and if you babble or if you're nervous, God's not saying, "Oh, you heathen! Oh, you pagan! Why are you babbling when you're talking to me?" That's not our Father. Before, I mean, Daxton, my son, doesn't even—he says "dada" and "mama," but I'll talk to him. Like again, like our Father is greater than than I'll ever be. He wants to hear from us. So also, if if uh, rarely are we any of us ever good at something the very first time we do it. And I would say a very strong, large majority of us—majority of us—are nervous talking, let alone praying in front of people. So when we pray in a group, it's nerve-wracking, and we can be open and honest about that. And if you babble a little bit, like bear with them. Don't make fun of them. Don't do a tally sheet of how many times they say "Father God." But love on them. And if you're nervous, be nervous, and you'll—you'll you'll get better at it. Prayer will get less weird as we go through it together as a family. Right? Amen. That's what I hope to do on Sunday nights. I really hope to break down barriers with people praying to their father. I want to connect them with the family, but I really want to get them uh, get that awkward barrier out from them praying to their father in heaven. Um, So really quickly, let's, I want to go through then the Lord's prayer. He unpacks it for us. And this is just a model. We don't have to, you see another version of this in Luke. Um, So this isn't, you can pray the Lord's prayer but it's also not something that you have to pray the Lord's prayer because it's different in Luke. So the different version in Luke would then kind of squash the argument that the Lord's prayer is the only prayer that we were to pray as believers because it's different in, in two different places. So I look at it more as a blueprint of how we can pray. Very first thing, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's the thing that I've been, been stuck on just super impactful thing right out of the gate. Our father so you you re- the relationship is so close. But hallowed be thy name. The the maker, the holy one, who's completely set apart is different than all of us. He's the God of the universe, but he's our father. Mind blowing. Um, Isaiah sixty six one said, "Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool." That's our father. That's the one who who calls us. Who who lets us call him father. Is that amazing? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth it is, as it is in heaven. Not too long ago, I taught, I took on way too much, but on one Sunday night, I tried to teach uh, what all four gospels, what the main thing, theme of all four gospels was. And, um, it was the inauguration of Jesus as King. That's, and I went through and I I went through way too much, but this is what he's praying right here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking Lord that that your kingdom would come and reign here on this earth, that your will would be done here on this earth. Not God, get me out of this earth. This earth is wicked. I want to just take off and I want to I want to be in your place where I can run away from this stuff. It's saying, no, God, I want your kingdom to come here. I want your kingdom to be here. I want your will to happen here. And if I want that and I'm your ambassador for this earth, then I'm going to be the one who's going to walk that out. I'm going to live out your will so that your kingdom is realized here on this earth, here and now. I'm going to actively pursue bringing about your kingdom here on this earth by the life that I live. I'm going to live in this temporary world, and I'm going to be living for a kingdom that's the now and not yet. It's Jesus is my king, but he hasn't fully come and vanquished every pharaoh that's on this earth. But I'm going to live as though Jesus is my king and be the contrast people that he's called us to be so that a world would see that contrast people, see us living for a different kingdom, and be drawn to it and say, what? What is that? Why do you, why do you forgive well, how could you forgive that guy? Why do you live the way you do? Because I don't live for this kingdom, the, the pharaohs that of today. I live for a, a king who's coming and who's good and who's ultimately going to vanquish every pharaoh that's that has some time now on this earth, but won't have it for long. And his kingdom will come, and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he's. That's what he's praying. Give us this day our daily bread. Simple. It's this is this means it's okay for you to ask for things. It's okay for you to say, "Lord, would you give me the a job so I can provide for my family? Lord, would you give me the 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 things that I need for this day?" We have to contrast that though with hold it in balance with faith and with trust. That the Lord says, "Not don't worry about tomorrow. I'll take care of you. But give I'll give you today what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, would you provide for me the things that I need today?" to be that contrast person that you've called me to be on this earth to be a witness for today. Cause I've been given today, all of us sitting in this room right now, we've been given this moment and now this moment, and none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So Lord, would you give us what we need for right now that we can be your contrast people and how, how we can live and how can you lead me that I can be a witness to my brothers and sisters around me and to the lost around me that they would hopefully the, the Holy Spirit would unveil their eyes and they would become my brothers and sisters. Amen. Um, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're going to uh, take communion and we won't do it like Sunday mornings. You just take it at your leisure, but what an impactful thing. And forgive us our debts as we forget our, forgive our debtors, Jesus Christ coming and living the life that we should have lived and dying the death that we should have died paying an insurmountable debt that we, we would never be able to pay, even if we wanted to, our greatest works could never pay off that debt. Then how can we ever hold a debt over somebody else's head? This is fully unpacked in uh, Matthew 18. You guys remember the story of the unforgiving servant? So he goes to the king and he owes him tons and tons of money. And the, he, he begs for mercy and the king gives it to him. And then so he's been given, forgiven of this massive, massive debt. And then he goes out and finds someone who owes him just a little bit of money and won't forgive him the debt. And so the king's servants see what a wicked servant he was and go back and tell the king and the king brought him back. And it wasn't good news after that. How can we hold debts over people's heads? And I get it. It's hard. Because we have our feelings, but how can we hold debts over people's heads when we fully have comprehended the debt that's been paid for us? Uh, I find with myself, when it's really hard, and like I have someone in my life right now that I'm I'm struggling with. And when I think, when it's really hard for me to think and see them through the eyes of my father, I actually just get my mind off that, and I th- I think of the debt that was paid for me. And it, it sh- really shrinks and minimizes that offense that, that I'm carrying, because I realize what the offense was that was forgiven, the debt that was been paid by, by Christ coming and standing in my place, in your place, in our place, that we could be right standing with the Father that we pray to. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Simple. Father, keep me from the stuff that easily entangles me, that stuff that derails me. I want to do your will, but there's these things that derail me. Lord, would you keep me from those things and those traps that are set down the road for me that I can't even see, can't imagine that you know, Lord, would you keep me from those pitfalls? Would you hold me and keep me in your tight grip that I can be impactful for you? So he begins by praising our father in heaven, that close relationship, which is how we should approach our father. He's our father, but we're reverent towards him. Amen. So we, we approach him with thanksgiving, declaring who he is. And Lord, would you, would you give us the things that we need for this day? And if there's anything that I've done, Lord show me the things where I've offended you and I've grieved your Holy spirit and show me the areas that I need to let people go. I need to let the the chains that I'm putting on people, and really the chains that I'm carrying myself with unforgiveness, would you show me those as I can reflect to you by forgiving? Lead me not into temptation, temptation, but deliver me from evil. But this is what I want to end with. The thing that I really love about this whole prayer, and I kind of led us astray a little bit, is I talked, I said me a lot through this whole prayer. Lord, give me the things that I need for this day. Lord, forgive me as I forgive those who have, who have offended me. Lead me not into, into temptation, but deliver me. But what's really cool, what's the, what's the language in the verse? It's us, huh? It's communal. I think that's the, the neatest part lately for me as I've been the Lord's Prayer, is that... It's a community mindset that as we pray, we don't pray for just me getting my comfort and getting through this life, avoiding pain. Just give me the things that I need. I just want to have a pretty average good life. I want everybody in my family to live long, not get any sickness or disease. And I just want to get through it, but it's a prayer of us. So Lord, would you Would you provide for us, the body of Christ, the contrast people that I'm talking about, these people that are on the earth to to live for another kingdom? Would he give all of us a community mindset that we pray for us? Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, It puts my mind, hopefully I can unpack this for you, but it puts my mind in a sense of to where then my prayers are also active opportunities. So give us this day our daily bread. If I'm just praying for me, I know my own needs and my needs of the day. And so when those get fulfilled, then God answered that prayer, right? But if I'm praying communally and give us this day our daily bread and I have surplus or I have, I have things that can help Ed where he's lacking. If I'm praying for us together, and I also have the ability to answer that prayer. How awesome is that? That God is then allowing me, if you look throughout all scripture, God works through people. And sometimes I think we, we over mystify it. And the great things that God did was when we got a, a random check in the mail, or it's, it's something unexplainable. We're, and we miss how God's really working because we can explain it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't the Spirit living through His people. God wants to use us. He wants to use His contrast people. And so as we pray communally, we can be the answer to those prayers that we have. I think that's the coolest thing, that as we pray for each other and we're going to have an opportunity with these prayer requests, we're gonna, it, it's changed my mind as I look at prayer requests because I see the prayer request and then I, I don't think, God, would you do this? But, it go, but I see, Lord, I'm your tangible hands and feet on this earth. So show me how I can answer this prayer request. Visit him in the hospital, pray for him, buy him a card just to encourage him. Do they need money? Whatever it may be, but show me how I can be the tangible hand, hands and feet of Christ. If the whole body of Christ was acting that way, wouldn't that be insane? how much impact we would have. And it would be totally explainable. It'd be like, Oh, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so did it. But it would be all glory to Christ is that as his contrast people were living that way. And then we would be as, as pastor Rob has said, like Newbury park would become like this Disneyland that the whole world would look at and be like, what is going on in that town? Like that is, that is such a tight knit community. And it's because we're all living actively looking for ways that we can be the answer to these prayers that we have. So as, as we finish that, I want to, this is how we respond. This is the owner's manual to the vehicle that we bought that we never knew the glove box was there, or this is the, the button on the faucet that, that we never thought to look into. So for 20 minutes, um, we have prayer requests up here. These are praise reports but there's also some prayer requests on there. people mix them in, and that's okay. So you can rejoice with these people who've who've had their prayers answered and then these are prayer requests. These are people from our body who have who've filled out things on paper where they're hurting and they they want prayer for the next twenty minutes and this is going to be the format for our Sunday nights. This is where we move. this is where we get out of any kind of uh you guys aren't in ruts. I know all these faces. You guys are all super mature. It's actually funny that I'm even, I'm talking to you guys. I feel like some of you need to be teaching me. Uh, but this is the, this is the thing. This, we're going to set the culture tonight. And then as people come in, so as these Sunday nights move and, and progress and people are going to visit, they're going to walk into a culture and we're going to be rocking it. Amen. So this is a night where if you've seen, Mike and I have already set up circles. If you want to get together in circles. Feel free, grab one of these papers, take it into a circle, go to your seat, pray, grab. There's no rules. For 20 minutes, we're going to pray together and at your leisure, take communion together. And as a family, as we've now digested the word together, we're going to approach our Father in heaven and we're going to intercede for those who are hurting. And we're going to intercede for each other and we're going to pray for each other and we're going to approach the Father with our own needs. I'm going to put up some uh, slides up here for corporate stuff, for our, the new building, for the community of Dos Vientos, with everything that's going on with that, for our civic leaders and for our pastors and elders who are daily making decisions, uh, looking for the guidance of the Lord. There's a lot to pray for, and we've just unpacked prayer, and we're going to do it every week, but break up into groups. Micah will uh, be playing some music, which I think is always... Soothing, I think it sets the stage for us and we're going to pray for 20 minutes. And then at the end of that 20 minutes, Mike is going to then lead us in our last sacred practice that we have as believers, where we come together and we sing prayers together. If you look at the Psalms, I encourage you, if you haven't gone gone through the Psalms, it's incredible. So there are prayers in song form and they're pretty outlandish, some of them. And it really opens up a world of how we can approach our Father pretty, pretty open, pretty honest in those psalms, pretty raw in a lot of them. So tonight, we're going to pray together. Are you guys going do to this, do this adventure with me? Yeah. Right on. So let me pray, and then we'll—I uh, really mean it. The, the building is ours. Use it. Move. Unbuckle these chairs and move them around as much as you want. They're a little loud if you drag them, so just maybe don't be super loud. Uh, but yeah, Father in heaven, we worship you, and we magnify you, and we thank you. Lord, our desire right now is we've, we've gone into your word. Would you lead us and guide us now? As I'm not the center, Lord, you are. And so I ask, as we, we approach you, to talk to you as I'm talking to you now, that you would even lead us in the conversation. That even if there's anyone here who's nervous about prayer, nervous about talking to you, Lord, would you, would you calm their heart? Would you give them the picture of a loving father who just wants to hear from them? And even if it's a time of just sitting quiet, quiet enjoying your father's presence, Lord, we come to you because you're our king, you're our hope, you're our everything. Be glorified in this time as we pray together in Jesus' name, amen. Let's do it, family.